CalCast is delivered by FedEx. The FedEx Transportation Network helps small businesses reach new customers and save time on shipping every day. Visit FedEx.com slash e-commerce to learn how FedEx can help your business simplify e-commerce and your shipping operations. Again, that's FedEx.com slash e-commerce. This is Coach Cal for the CalCast. Um, we had to fly on the wall a couple weeks ago. Um, I was in tournament play, so we had taped a podcast with Chris Carter, who did a fabulous job, and you got to know what he's all about, Hall of Famer. Um, and this week, this is going to be the solo and it's not going to be so low you can't hear it. It's going to be a solo with me, by myself, talking about this season. Um, you know, and, and let, me, let me tell you, people will say, what is success? Success is knowing in your heart you've done everything to put yourself in a position to win. You've worked as hard as you could work. You've come together as a team in a team sport like we play. And you've given your very, very best in all areas. That means you can sleep good at night. That means you can look in the mirror and say, I did my best. That's success. Look, people will look at this and say, well, that's because you lost. No, I've been in regional finals, a bunch of them. Um, won some, lost some. Thank goodness, won more than we've lost. Uh, I've been in semifinal game, won some, lost some, probably won as many as we lost. And I've been in the national championship game and had my team right there, won one and lost a couple. But the success I'll feel is what did we do everything we could to try to help these young people and put them in the best position as a team to win. Well, when you look at this team, let me, um, I had tied this morning in my office and we talked and it's not where they start. And I told Ty, I said, you know, what did you learn? What did you learn about this year? what did you learn about yourself? And we went through things on the court. Um, we went through things off the court. Um, uh, we went through things that he now knows to be successful. He's going to have to do. I left that meeting feeling so good because Ty Winyard's gotten better. Now, he didn't have a whole lot of opportunities in the Georgia game and a couple other games. He didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. But, man, has he gotten better. How about Isaac? How about Isaac's last two games? Isaac hasn't had the opportunities, but he's prepared for success. We have coached Isaac like he was a starter. So every day he came in, he wasn't coached like, okay, you're a backup. We coached him like he was a starter. So when he had his moment, he was prepared and he performed. And what a job that he did. I look at all this in our team. I've got to say this again. The process for us is different. Every year it's a new team. Every year it's a new team. We don't know our team. So how in the world can anybody else know our team? We try to figure it out as we go the whole time saying, what's the best thing for these kids? What's the best way to play? 
early on. We're flying up and down that court and we're denying every wing and we're spreading out and we're more athletic and we're this. And then all of a sudden, after 15, 18 games, the other teams have a lot of tape to evaluate and say, all right, here's how I think you slow them down. Then we have to adjust at that point because that's when guys come in and say, well, the game's not fun. No kidding, it's not fun. The other team is taking certain players away. They're taking certain options away. They're saying, make them play this way. And we've got to figure out as a staff and as a team, all right, how do we now do this? What adjustments do we do? How do we this year reboot? How do we in the past tweak? At what point do we figure out, okay, this isn't going to work and this is? With this team, it took some time. But by the end of the year, we were playing our best basketball. They committed to defense. De'Aaron Fox, by the end of the year, wow. Malik Monk was getting better. Isaiah Briscoe, more consistent. Bam Adebayo, wow. You look at Derek Willis. Wenyon struggled. I'll tell you what happens, too. Wenyon started and finished about the same. Um, but that's when you learn about yourself. And I sat down with Wenyon. What did you learn about this year? What did you learn yourself on the court? What did you learn off the court? What are the things that you learned that you're going to use next year to make yourself the player that I believe you are? And you know what? The answers and the, the reflection was unbelievable. For all these guys, what about Dom? What about Dom? Again, this is about watching young people improve day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, and then sitting back and saying, I love this. This is what we're doing this for. Seeing Dom become more confident as a person in himself, seeing Derek Willis, are you kidding me? I could not put him in my first two years. And this year, we're counting on him to make plays to help us win games. He's now in Portsmouth with all those seniors in the country. He's playing in the NABC All-Star Game. Come on. That's what this, you want to talk about success, that is success. Seeing Michael Mulder as a junior college player, it's hard coming into this place as a junior college player. He struggled last year. This year, he found his groove. He was able to really impact games. He was at a point where people were telling me, you got to put him in games. So again, I, I, at the end, I'll sit down with every one of them. What did you learn? What did you learn off the court about yourself? What did you learn about the grind? How hard this is. That it's every day. You can't run from it. That you're going to have competition every moment you step up. In that life, folks. In that life. And the only thing you can do, you're not winning every time. You're not going to win every time. But you could be prepared to win. And then if you lose, you learn from it. You look at it and say, what could we have done? How could we have done things? As a coach, I try to be reflective. You know, I said, look, I wish I could have got a timeout when that ball went in before the May made that three. But when you look at the tape, that ball was in so quick, I couldn't have got a tee any, timeout anyway. There was no way I could have called it that quickly. But my mindset was I wish I would have done something. What could I have done? 
And I want those kids to be reflective because that is life. It's not about the blame game. And I know we look at this and say, well, it was about this. It was about that. It was about that. Let's look at, all right, how did we play the game? Let me say, we had some guys not play real well in our last game, but I'll tell you who did, Dom and Isaac. So they stepped up and made up for anybody not playing well. Um, How about we have all that foul trouble and we hang in and have a chance at halftime that we're not down 15. We're down five with the ball and right away. The first four minutes, five minutes, we come. I loved it. I loved the fight down seven at the end of the game. One three, one bounce of the ball. I'm not sure they could have caught us, but we miss every basket. We turn it over. We have shots that normally go that didn't, and they made some tough shots. But guess what? We didn't quit. We run a weak side play. De'Aaron Fox. We ran that play 50 times in practice this year. We run, come off of that, and then we come what is called a pistol in the game, and and, and Malik Monk makes a ridiculously tough shot, and all of a sudden, it's tied up. They never stopped. Anyone that said, well, you know, they don't care. They're just here for you got to stop. You can say that and say it to your friends and say it over and over and say, it's just not true. So when you watched the post game, you personally, you, the one that said these kids don't care, how did you feel when you saw those kids crying? Did you feel bad or did you turn it off because, well, that's fake? Did you feel bad when you watched it? Did it maybe you tear up a little bit? And saying, wow, they took this hard. You know why? Because they work so hard together. They love each other. We love on them so they can worry about loving each other. And you know what? The devastation of that. They wanted to win a national championship for each other, for the program, for our fans. And they fell short. That's what makes this tough. But I, as a coach... I don't judge myself by wins. Don't know how many I have. I know I got a lot, I'll be honest, but I don't know how many it is. And I'm not judging myself solely on national championships. How can you do that if you were at Memphis and Massachusetts, which were not Power 5 BCS leagues? When's the last team to win a national title from one of those leagues? And Gonzaga right now is in that position to fight and do something. It would be interesting. I'm The last one in the championship game, I believe, was our UMass team. I mean, you had Butler at one time had a chance. Vegas back in the 70s or the, the 80s. I mean, it's been a while. It's hard. So how do you have a coach at that level of league Judge himself that way. You can't. This is all about, did I do my best? Am I doing the right things for the kids? Or am I doing it solely for myself? How do you judge your success? And then how do the players judge theirs? Did I, did my, did I, did I come together? Was I about my team? Was I a good teammate? Did I work every day? Did I do the absolute best I could? And if you can, then that's success. Now, you hope it ends your season with a win. But there's one team. Does that mean every team is a failure? No. And I felt no different than 2012 when we won the national title as I feel about this team here. In my world, there's no offseason. Talented players that graduate or declare for the NBA draft means that we're always searching for and recruiting top players to keep our program strong. Your business is no different. 
When you're hiring your team, you want the best candidate out there, but so does your competition. You should do what more than 1 million businesses have already done. Use ZipRecruiter to help you find the perfect hire. ZipRecruiter already has 9 million resumes you can search through in their database. And with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can add multiple people to your account, making it the most efficient way for your team to find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash CoachCal. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash CoachCal. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CoachCal. The start of a baseball season is upon us, and Papa John's, the official pizza of Major League Baseball, is hitting it out of the park with a special offer all season long. This season, if a major leaguer hits a grand slam, it's a Papa Slam because you get 40% off the regular menu price of any pizza the next day. Just enter the code Papa Slam on Papa John's mobile app or at PapaJohns.com. It doesn't matter which team is your favorite. If any player on any team hits a grand slam, you're a winner the next day with a Papa John's Papa Slam promotion. And here's another amazing limited-time offer to celebrate the start of the Major League Baseball season. Papa John's Double Play Deal. Two two-topping medium pizzas for just $6.99 each. And don't forget my special promo code, Coach Cal, which gets you 25% off the regular menu price on everything, including my favorite, the pan pizza, every day of the week. Again, all these great deals are available at PapaJohns.com or on your mobile device via the Papa John's app. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. You know, going into the NCAA tournament, when I looked at that bracket, I know you all did the same thing. A 30-win team in Wichita, and we're playing them right away. A 30-win team in UCLA, and we're playing them, a 30-win team in North Carolina, and that's our path. That is our path. But you all knew it before. They called it murder's row. But let me just say this. Just about every year I've been doing this, we've been in murder's row. It's just how it is. Um, And you know what? Teams have responded. Final fours, regional finals, national titles, national title games. I mean, you knew going in how hard it would be. And let me tell you, Wichita was a hard game for us. They had a chance at the end to win the game. We had a chance to get them down 10, 12, 14, and we didn't. And then they come back, and they had done it all year. You look at a team like UCLA. Are someone going to say they underachieved? Like, it's it's funny how some coaches, teams struggle, and they're just, they just coach their brains out. And another coach... His team did well, too, and they lose, and that guy underachieved, but the other guy's a genius. Where'd that come from? Let me just tell you, some of this is your draw. This is a one-and-done thing. Some of it is your guys just didn't play one of their better games, and you get beat. 
there's no like, well, I'm a hell of a coach and my team's a great team. We should move on anyway. Not in this tournament. And so, you know, when I look at this, that region, Roy said it to me before the game. Why are we playing this week? We should be playing next week. And he's right. I knew North Carolina, in my mind, they were the best team. I knew we were good. I knew UCLA was good. I knew Arizona was good. I knew Kansas was good. Kansas had beat us at home. I knew those teams were good. I thought North Carolina was better because of their guard play, their ability to make baskets, can score a lot of points. If you can't score in this NCAA tournament, like you're scoring 60 a game, you will not advance. Your team has to be able to score 75 points. And it has to be, on average, 75 to 80. You're not going to come up with a 60-point performance. Or you cannot win in this tournament. The reason is, you can win the first round or two. But after that, teams are too good. They can score. And if you can't, and they can, you won't believe this, they're going to have more points than you. And at the end of the day, you're not... You can't do it, and which is why I want an efficient basketball team. I want a team that will play fast and can score in bunches. I want a team that's skilled at all the positions so you can pass and move because I understand that you have to score in this tournament. Now, you win with defense. There's no question that at the end of the day, I want to have a team that understands we need to get four, five, six stops in a row at some point in this game to create a gap. And the only way you do that is be locked in collectively together because you're going to be locked in and they're going to make tough shots anyway. I'll give you North Carolina. The two baskets they made, Pinson made that basket on the corner, running to his left, which was the way we wanted him to run. He didn't make baskets going left. Well, he made that one. And Jackson throws a runner up on the rim and it hangs there. Bang, 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 and goes in. That is going to happen in this tournament. So you can't give them easy baskets because they're going to make some of those where you defend the right way. I think our team at the end end of the season, we were we, in the curve, we were ranked five. I think in the end of the tournament, we'll probably still be ranked five. And, you know, when they went to the Sweet 16, you know, all the, the geniuses and talking heads had us the 13th team out of 16. I'm like, how in the world is that? When we won two games... Would sometimes I wonder if it's their hope or their opinion. I think a lot of it's their hope. But our team, the resiliency of what we did, and to go against those kind of teams in that short period of time, and you got to understand now, that's coming off three games in three days in the SEC tournament. North Carolina got beat. They didn't have to keep playing. We did. That's the other side of tournament play that I've talked about. Now, let me let me say this, and I feel strongly about this. I love the fact that the committee's trying to be more transparent. I love the fact that they gave Kansas an opportunity to say, what region and where would you like to play? You're the one one seed. We'll do it with all the one seeds. The number one, the all four of the number one seeds should have that opportunity. The last number one, you're going to play with what's left. And where you play, though, you'll have that choice. But I also believe, for transparency, it should be the S-curve. If it were the S-curve, we should have been playing out west. Now, I'm not sure Arizona, who played west, should not have been rated above us. We can argue that. I will argue that. They beat Oregon and UCLA in their tournament and beat UCLA late in the year. 
So now all of a sudden you're looking at maybe they should have been rated fifth and us sixth or seventh anyway. But it wasn't that way. We were rated fifth, which means on the S curve, one, two, three, four, five plays four, six plays three, seven plays two, eight plays one. And then you go the other way, nine plays in the line with one and eight, and you just keep the S curve. Now, the argument will be, well, what if league plays come in? Like two league teams can't play. Okay. Within that line, the one line, the two line, the three line, the four line, you're going to move to a tougher position because the reason that league has highly rated teams, they probably have nine or 10 teams in the tournament. Well, we're not going to give you another advantage and say, we're going to make it easier for you. It's you're in this line. You're either going to play your other team in your league or you're going to have to move within your line. You're not going to move from a a second seed to a third seed. You're just moving within your line so you don't have to play. I don't understand why you can't do that. Now, it's all transparent. No one, There's no arguments now. It's transparent. They talk about region. Come on. The travel? We all travel by charter. We're Listen. If you play on a Friday, you're missing class Thursday, and you're missing class maybe on Wednesday. And it's the same. You're missing Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday if you play on Thursday. It, is, it doesn't change the class schedule. It doesn't change anything. And I bet you if you ask coaches, they'd say go with the S-curve because we don't want – listen – if they have an opportunity to do what they choose because they choose to do it, that's when people get mad about murder's row. Why are they giving that team every single year? They give that team a pass. The more transparent the committee can be, the whole tournament will be about the games and not what the committee did. I think, again, the transparency about what league tournaments mean. This year, again, Arizona beat UCLA and Oregon. We won our tournament too, but they beat UCLA and Oregon. Either the tournaments don't matter or they do matter. Either the tournaments, you may move a full line given your tournament. Well, then say that. Or tournaments, you can't have the tournament matter for one team that moves two or three lines and not for everyone else who played the tournament and played good ranked teams and did well too. Can't do it. Make the statement before the tournament. These are all simple things that I think, again, being more transparent and all those things. Let me say this about uh, our fans. Um, you know, it's, it's hard being a player here because every game's a Super Bowl. Every game, every practice is a competition. You're playing for a coach that's driven and and is not backing up one inch. Doesn't care if you're a McDonald's All-American or you're a walk-on. You're getting coached and challenged to get better, to stay consistently on the path of improvement. Every game you play is a Super Bowl. Every, you're in a fishbowl. You're, you're, you're treated like a rock star. If you do one thing, they make a 30 for 30 movie on you. Hard here. But you know what? Also rewarding. 70% of our players who have scholarships here have been drafted. I, can I say that again? 
Seventy percent of the players that have come here and on scholarship have been drafted. You still have guys that are playing in Europe and trying to do things in the D League to get up, and guys like DeAndre Liggins, who's now with Cleveland, and you got those guys still fighting. But seventy percent have been drafted. Of that seventy percent, seventy percent of those have been prepared enough to get second contracts that are worth over a billion dollars. I'm not talking from 1970, 40 years. I'm talking in the last, let's say, 10 years, nine years. As I say all that, that's the reward of being here. As a fan, you know you're up against the world. Hard being a fan here, because if we struggle at all, you get just whomped on. But how about the success How about that? How about being able to smile and wake up in the morning after a great win or conference championship or an NCAA tournament run or a Final Four? or And think about that. Way more of those than the others because you're Kentucky. How about being in Rupp Arena? No one else can say they have go to Rupp Arena. Only our fans can say they go to Rupp Arena. No one else can get a ticket to Rupp Arena. How about the fans that travel? that are committed to traveling to conference tournaments. I don't care where they have it. They could have a conference tournament in Fargo, and it'll be 90% Kentucky fans. Would we like to do that? First of all, I'm going to ask you, what state is it in? What state is Fargo in? But being a fan here, it's a privilege. Sometimes our fans go overboard. Sometimes our fans go overboard about everything. I mean, people were down on this team in the middle thinking like they didn't care because you're listening to a, a pundit who does, he has an agenda. He had an agenda to try to flip you. They've tried to do that to our fans every year that I've been here. They try to flip you and get you. And you know what? You know, waver at times, but most don't even waver. And all of a sudden, you look at this and say, this is why I'm a Kentucky fan. You know why? Because you're about the kids as much as I'm about the kids. You're about them too. We all, it's tough having kids leave early. It's tough having kids leave after a year or two years or even three. But how about we're doing everything because you had three guys graduate this year that give us in eight years, 17 college graduates in eight years. Top 10 in APR, which is how they evaluate us as a program. We're getting awards for our academics here. Well, you can't be. Your kids don't go to class the second term. Well, that's not true. But if you say it over and over again, you're an ogre and you just say it over and over and over. They don't go the second term. You just say it. It's not true. Our kids do go to class and do finish the term. And you know why they finish the term? They're on a lifetime scholarship. They can come back whenever they choose, as long as they finish the term. If they wouldn't finish the term, and we've had our kids finish, if they didn't, that option isn't there for them. Now, you better hope everything goes right. You don't get injured. You become the player you think. Because at the end of the day, if you want us and this university and this state for you to help you get on with your life because we appreciate what you've done for all of us, finish the term, and our kids do. All right, now we're going to a little break here for Blue Apron. Let me get my wife, Ellen, come on in here. Let me, uh, let me tell you, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Thankfully, for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers delicious, quality food courtesy of over 150 local farms, 
fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. Right to your door, supporting a more sustainable food system and setting the highest standards for ingredients. Now, what what did you just make? Something else that you liked. I did like it. It was really good. Uh, it was chicken meatballs and frigola sarda pasta. What the heck? Say that again. I wouldn't have known that was Say pasta. it three times fast. And they just said free, uh, chicken meatballs and frigola sarda. <laughs> it's a pasta, folks. It is. Uh, with kale and right up your alley, Sicilian tomato sauce. Nice. I liked it. I it ate really like two good. helpings of it. It was really good. All right. What about these meals in April? Um, there's spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salada. Like that. Little sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. What about that Parmesan crusted chicken? Ah, uh, yes. And that has a little creamy fettuccine. Nice. And roasted roasted broccoli. I like roasted broccoli. Yeah, that sounds good. And then the last, a baby broccoli with fontina paninis and hard-boiled egg and arugula salad. Sounds good. That sounds good. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash coach. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Ellen's doing it, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash coach. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. How about we talk about the four teams in the final four? Gonzaga. Mark Few and I are friends. We'll talk throughout the year. Um, Kyle Wilshire, when Kyle went out there, he and I talked um, about Kyle. And we talked probably once a month about how he was doing and what was going on. And, um, and I was happy if Kyle was going to leave, he went with a friend who I knew cared about people. Uh, the job that he has done there and the pressure to get to a Final Four, I've been there, and I know how hard that is. He stayed focused. Um, when we were at UMass, and we broke through and got to that Final Four, the year before we got to an Elite Eight, he's done that. When we were at UMass, we did it Elite Eight and then Final Four. At Memphis, it were two Elite Eights. Two Elite Eights, and our team changed a little bit, and then we went to a Final Four. So I, I can't tell you. And he's, do, he's done it with some transfers, some foreign kids, recruiting within the country, recruiting Canadian kids. I'm telling you, the job he's done is phenomenal, phenomenal. And you know what? I look at where they are right now, and they're playing another good friend of mine. Frank Martin, I want you to understand what he took over at South Carolina. He was His schedule with non-conference was so bad, he apologized to the league. He said, I hope you I don't beat you, because if I beat you, this is early on. It's going to kill you. You're not getting any NCAA tournament. And he's playing and coaching to win every game, knowing that if he beat somebody, it was going to hurt them. You know what? He's, done, he's gone from that to what it is now. They hit a little skid in the season. Why? They had injuries. You have injuries in college basketball to your key guys. You're not going to be the same. But let me tell you what Frank does. The most disruptive defense you will see. The most disruptive. You're not running your offense. You better have skilled basketball players. And then he's got his guys to buy in 
to how they're going to play offensively, how they're going to grind it out, who's scoring balls. And you know what? He's got guys. I, I would go man to man. Every one of his players is playing the best they've ever played in their lives. That's what coaching is. And they look at him. Well, he's really hard on his guys. Frank loves his guys. And now it's like he's a father. If your father gets on you, they're fine. Uh, Roy Williams in North Carolina. Um, my opinion, the best team in the field. Um, but now you got Barry who hurt his ankle against us. What's that do? I'm telling you, he's the key to their team. Yes, Jackson scores and Meeks does his thing and Pinson does his thing. They got a bunch of guys that can really play. But he's the key. Without him, it's a struggle for them now. And that's why beating us the way they did, and he was they were spotting him because he was hurting. And his ankle was bothering him. I don't know how bad it is, but that could have make a difference. But Roy's been there. He was in the final game. I he's the only coach in this field that's been in a final four, let alone a national championship game. Uh, does that matter? Yeah, it matters. Yes, it matters. Does it override everything else? Absolutely not. It does not, but it does matter. He has a better feel of how I deal with this, the rhythm of the two or three days prior to. How do I, when do I, you, you can't just act like it doesn't matter, let's just have fun because you're not winning. And you can't make put them under so much pressure that they can't make a shot when the game starts. There's a medium to it. There's a there's a time to work. Go out and have some fun. Go enjoy it. Now we're working. Let's go. Let's watch tape. Let's focus. Let's shut the phones down. Let's get parents and everybody back away. Let us do this. So he knows that. You got Oregon and Dana. Um, again, let me let me say this. The the thing I look for in coaching is when they figure out their team, do they play to their strengths or is there some system they got to play with? What he's done with his guards, basically, green lights, green lights, come down and shoot that 25. And you know what? These kids are on a run right now and so confident because he's letting them build their own confidence. Defensively, they're better. They got big kids inside. I thought the kid getting hurt was going to set them back big time. How about this? They're in the final four. How about that? And that's with a guy being injured late. That is ridiculously hard because it changes your team. I'll give you this. That's what happened to Florida. Florida almost got to the Final Four. You know why? It took them three weeks to figure out how to play when their big guy went down with a knee injury and was out for the year. When Mike figured it out, all of a sudden, they're playing in an Elite Eight game. It's the same with Dana, but he, finished, he, he figured it out in a short period of time. And I hats off to them. But let me say this, all these coaches and players, man, enjoy this experience. Enjoy the experience. Look, when you start that game, don't think of anything except the lines in your coach. Play between those lines in the coach. You don't need to look in the stands, how big the arena, it doesn't matter. You don't have to think about, t just play the basketball game. Uh, I'm going to go out. Now, you know, my first thought when we lost, you know, my thought was, I'm not flying out there. No, I'm not going. I'm just not going to go. But you know what? I'm going to go. Part of the reason was I'm going to have dinner tonight with Devin Booker, Tyler Eulis, Eric Bledsoe, and Brandon Knight. And then tomorrow they play at 7. I'm going to have feet on the wood. Do you know what feet on the wood means? Feet on the wood means you're sitting in the front row, in the front row watching a game. And I'm bringing my son. 
My son said, Dad, are you going to the Final Four? I'd like to go with you. Well, you know what? I don't, I, these experiences that I get to be with my son, it's just, I'm getting older. He's getting older. I try to hold his hand. He won't hold my hand anymore. He says, Dad, please. I kiss him. He says, Dad, are you crazy? I don't kiss him on the lips, but I kiss him on the cheek. I kiss his ear. He's like, he wipes it off. Are you, what are you doing? So I'm going to go out there for that. They have a Hall of Fame dinner that I'm going to go to and an NABC function that I'm going to go to. Don't know if I'll stay for the games. My son wants to stay, so he may stay for the games. I may not. I'm not sure if I can stomach watching any more basketball. But I am going to spend a few days and enjoy myself and enjoy my son and um, see how this goes. And uh, let me let me uh, finish with this. Um, what I do, how about I've been blessed, and I say this all the time, I've been on scholarship my whole adult life, whether I was playing basketball or coaching basketball, assistant coach, volunteer. I wasn't on scholarship when I was on volunteer. I was a volunteer then. But to be able to do what I do, to be able to do it at Kentucky, to be able to create hope and opportunities for families that haven't felt that their, their entire lives in most cases, to be able to do it every year, um, I'm, I'm blessed. I don't take lightly when we recruit kids. I know when I'm there with that family what this means. I'm not just trying to say anything I can to get a kid and then have no trust when he gets here. Uh, I try to be honest up front about how this is and how hard this is. And you know what? We don't get every kid. We don't. Um, but we get the ones we're supposed to get. The ones that understand, I want to learn to be a great teammate. I want to figure out what the best version of me looks like. I want to be a great teammate, a guy that's willing to share. I want to learn to be an efficient player. I want to learn to grind how you work every day and compete against other good players and not be offended or jealous of their success. It moves me and it's fuel for me to be better. And that's the opportunity I have to coach here and be with those kind of kids. And I want to thank the fans. You guys have been great to me and my family. You're great to my son. You are great to my son. And I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to cut this off, uh, tell you again, um, we had a great year. And I'm, I'm, I'm not getting over that loss, but I'll tell you what, it was a great run with a great group of kids. And as we go forward, we'll probably lose a bunch of these kids. And we got a bunch coming in. And we're going to have a league that's going to be strong again and young, but more veteran than we were a year ago. So it should be fun. Thank you. And next week, we'll have a guest that will let you sit and listen to what we're talking about. Thanks. Thanks.